This is Brighter Futures, brought to you by Future Radio, funded by the Empowering Communities for Mental Health and Wellbeing Fund through Norfolk Community Foundation. In this series, our focus is on men, their struggles with their mental health, what's brought about their struggle, the support they've been offered and given to them, and where they are in their lives now as they look to a brighter future. We will also hear from those who are offering that support. Our focus this series is on the men's group Leroy's Lads, who have been meeting weekly to have a cuppa, have a chat, and head off on some activities such as going to the pub or going for a round of golf. In this episode, we continue to hear Don's story as he chats to Rama. Don works as a chef and is currently in a custody battle for his daughter. He has experienced several misfortunes in his life, which is taking him to the brink of suicide. He tells Rama his story and how he has fought his demons to get to where he is today. I think that you listeners should know a couple of things up front about this series. Firstly, that some of the stories and the content discussed in each episode may be difficult to listen to. Subjects such as drug and alcohol addiction, depression, physical and mental abuse, illness, disability, suicide, self-harm and death will invariably be parts of the shows as the series continues. Now, please don't think that this is only going to be full of negativity. This is not the news. The contributors to this series are going to share their tales in full and as well as telling us about how life was at the lower points, that with some support, advice and assistance, they've been able to beat and better these challenges and move towards better tomorrows. The second thing I want you to know is that I am in no way a trained professional in mental health, psychotherapy or any type of medical profession. I have for the last decade or so been presenting, producing and performing radio productions with Future Radio. I've been asked to collect, collate and occasionally contribute to this series of stories to share. One aim is that by doing this, if you feel a similarity to the topics and tales told, that you might feel more empowered to face issues and challenges that you experience yourself. Children were over with you, you were living with your wife. Yes. And as you said, they weren't her kids. Yep. That's a situation that a lot, a lot of people face, where uh-huh. uh, maybe you move into a relationship and uh, someone's already got kids or you're taking children with you. Do you feel that that put a lot of strain on your marriage, or how? how Bearing, as I said before, she was a lot younger than me, so she was 15 years younger than me. Um, so she didn't have the um, the capacity to handle the things as a, you know, as a 30-year-old, you know, mid-30s. I had a different understanding of the emotions, and um, so she was very strict on my my kids. Um, and at the time, I thought, you know, you're being a bit out of order. Um, but maybe that's just the way you are, maybe you are strict and it is, you know, right, we've got to do the dishwasher or whatever, mate. Maybe you'll be like that with your kids in the future because we were talking about having a kid. Um, and I was with her eight years before we finally got married, so I made sure that she knew me for eight years. Um, so this is like going on to another subject first, now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you were with her eight years before you... You tied that knot in comparison mm-hmm. to that relationship where you were just teaching a bit of English and very quickly things moved into yes, a, yeah. a family set up. Yeah. So, I mean, so, would that be one lesson that you'd give to anyone? Just absolutely. Just hold back on a yeah, marriage for yeah. a good long while. Yes. But even saying that, mine didn't work out. <laughs> you know, I thought I was doing the sensible thing by saying, right, we'll wait eight years, live with each other, you know, test the, test the water. If we're still together after eight years, we'll get married. That's what she wanted to do from the day I met her, get married. In fact, we got engaged very early on. We were engaged for eight years. 
prior to getting married. Um, and we did the church thing and we did the wedding bells and white dress and, and all the traditionalist stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so that was where we got to at that point, um, living in this lovely farmhouse um, in the country. And she started wanting more from life. She wanted a bigger house and bearing in mind she was from a middle class family. So I was working um, a lot, a lot as a chef, as a head chef. This is with your own company? No, this was, at the time this was for other companies. I then started up a, after we got married, I started up the catering company with her. Um, and um, I was, it was my concept, my business idea, um, the fact that I'd seen a successful pizza company, Woodfire Pizza Company, working in Spain, and I said we could make that mobile and take it to festivals and it's high profit no business rates it's, and it's cheese on toast at the end of the day for tenner um, so it's high profit and pe- everybody loves pizza and there wasn't many about in the in the county at that point so <laughs> I, had, I had two other companies in my competition um, so yeah I was working as a head chef and running this pizza company um, and it, you know it's a worry running the company uh, <laughs> not just a kitchen on that you know it's a side gig but you've also got to make a profit and it's weather dependent and you have to have staff there and it's a lot of stress, a lot of stress. So I was working a lot of hours, didn't spend much time with her um, because she wanted this lifestyle, she wanted a bigger house. Um, and we went to look at a couple of properties and it, they were 1,200 quid. Um, it's, it's, you know, North Norfolk is prime, North and West Norfolk is prime Londoner, uh, second home sort of places, so it's very expensive to live there. Um, and and I said no, this is crazy. We're paying five hundred, just over five hundred pounds a month for a house, three bedroom house with a third of an acre. I refuse to do that. That's just throwing money away on a rental property. Um, so I said, what we'll do is we'll save up this money and we'll buy a ten bedroom farmhouse as a project in Spain. So I spent a year. I saved up twenty five thousand pounds in one year. One year. In one year. How many hours a week do you think you were working? I was working non stop, seven, seven days a week, a week, seven days a week, all the time, from the minute I woke up to the minute <laughs> I went to sleep, and then some. Um, and and it was predominantly me doing this work. It was she was doing the part time, looking at looking after the home. I want to say, but at one point I was paying for a cleaner to do my part of the housework um, because I felt guilty because I wasn't pulling my weight at home. So. She wasn't doing <laughs> all the homemaking and being the traditional wife that she wanted to be, and she was claiming that she was, and I was out going out and earning all this money. That was all my savings. So we got to this £25,000, and I was at a festival doing pizzas with my then-to-be business partner and said, we should take on a pub. He jumped to the idea. So... Well, especially to, with his opportunity to then work with you. Yes someone with a proven track excuse me a proven track record of um, putting the hours in yep also someone with a goal in mind yeah that does sound like the sort of person you want to work exactly with. So exactly he's, he's pretty sensible for jumping into bed with yep. you now so we started doing the business plan for this pub eventually after i said okay well i've got 25 grand saved i can put my money straight in with no loans um so we started talking about setting up a business him and i and um, he, he had to borrow against his house uh, to, to enter into the, the partnership. Um, my wife had gone to go and visit her dad, who is a business advisor in Chicago, um, on, I think he's on over, just over 100 grand a year. 
So he's got quite a high profile business orientated job. Um, and she came back and said, um, oh, my dad said uh, I should be a partner in this business just in case we get a divorce. Now I replied, is that something that's on the cards then? <laughs> or, you know, am I getting into this business? Are we going to get divorced? Or No, 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 I don't mean like that. I don't mean like that. And brushed it off, gaslighted it, so to speak. And, of course, my mind starts ticking. I'm like, this is a bit dodgy. And, yeah, I think she's my wife, you know, he's my friend and business partner. I've got, you know, I'll trust them. And uh, these two people, I'd, I'd trusted them to go camping and run my pizza company in my absence while I was head, I was working elsewhere as a head chef because I trusted my wife. You're still doing the other job as well at this point? Yes, yeah. yeah. So you've got the prospective pub business to open. Yes. You've got your pizza business that you're doing at festivals and yeah. private home. And you've got a normal sort of 40-hour week job as yeah. a head chef in yes. a restaurant. And I said, I have an acre garden to run. Into. <laughs> yeah. Um, you haven't got a spare minute. No, I didn't. I didn't. And, you know, and she could say that I neglected her. She could, and she did. <laughs> um, that an unreasonable behaviour, but never mind. Um, so I was trusting them to, to go to these, these events and camp on a campsite together with my staff and... Um, and run that while I was doing my chefing. Um, and anyway, she ended up becoming a 33% shareholder um, as myself and my other business partner. In hindsight, bit of advice, never set up a business as a three. You can get kicked out. That is something I've learned after this. Always go in partnership um, or, you know, n never anywhere that you're outnumbered. Um, because other directors can just push you out like that, a click of a finger. And on the other, you know, while we were setting up this business, we were we were doing the business plan um, and getting it all together. And my other business partner, um, the not my wife, was was doubtful as to whether he would enter into it. And my wife said to me one evening, "Well, I'm not doing this if he's not." And I was like, "Well, we don't really need him. I'm a chef. He's a chef." You know front of house, me and you could run it together. You know, I don't want to do it if he's not doing it. You know, and this, at the time, I didn't really think much of it. Uh, anyway, so we did the whole business plan, registered the business. Um, I had studied mar internet marketing, digital marketing, um, and I apparently am quite good at it. Um, I had 12,000 followers on Facebook at the time, which was the predominant um, social media platform and I had 400 people through that front door um, on the opening night and that pub was only 200 capacity so the garden, beer garden was full, the pub was full. It was a, it hit the ground running yeah, because I'd created this whole social media market. I didn't spend a penny on it, uh, did it all for free and we were literally getting bookings um, two weeks in advance from day one. Um, and this was in a very affluent area, so, you know, plenty of money to be spent. Like I say, lots of Londoners with their second homes and, and the local villages, which have also got, got a penny or two. Um, well, six weeks into opening the business, uh, my wife turned around to me and said, I don't know for you anymore. Now, having a two-year-old with her by now and a business that was hitting just over £10,000 a week profit, so that's just over half a million, 520,000 a year. Uh, not sorry, not profit turnover, um, which is pretty good for a startup. Uh, second business as well. The catering company was making 60 grand in three months a year. 
so 20 grand a month turnover on that just working three months so it's a highly profitable business um and i broke i broke i had the responsibility of these my young family my business partner's young family on my shoulders and i felt that i'd gone into this not knowing that our marriage was going to break you know we shouldn't have set up a business if we knew our marriage was at that point six weeks you don't make a decision to end a marriage in six weeks of opening the front door of that business i mean it had been a process of maybe three months setting up the business plan and opening the front doors and she had decided by that point she didn't love me and i broke i broke oh i had a pub full of alcohol what did i do i hit the bottle i'm a chef i drink every night after work and i didn't consider it a problem I hit the bottle. I was drinking wine secretly. I was just trying to. I was taking Zopiclone every night because my marriage had broke down. She would not enter in to relate with me. I'd lost everything. My, uh, it finally came. My, uh, this is exactly a year to the day that she told me she didn't love me. Was exactly a year to the day that my father had died as well. She timed that. She timed that to break me. We will continue our chats with Dom in the next episode. If you've been affected by any issues raised in this edition of Brighter Futures, or you need support or just a chat, then you can call Future Projects on 01603 327 889. That's 01603 327 889. Or you can email support at futureprojects.org.uk. This has been Brighter Futures, brought to you by Future Radio funded by the Empowering Communities for Mental Health and Wellbeing Fund through Norfolk Community Foundation.